You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need information, analysis, and news on the National Football League, the best place you can go to is Pro Football Talk. It is, a, it is my first read every single morning which is why it's really cool every time we have Mike Florio on because he's the best in the business. He's the gentleman behind that website, and he joins us right now on what's a very busy day. Mike, good morning, man. Thanks for being here. Hey, good to be with you. How's everything? Doing good. So there's a lot to get into. Let's just, I guess, dive into it. Uh, what do you make of what seems like an increased or maybe new way of thinking about game management that has led to some decision-making like we saw from Zach Taylor and the Bengals yesterday to be more bold and to go forward in situations like we saw for Cincinnati where if you if you're successful I guess you're you're, you're praised if, if you fail like yesterday you're criticized but from a macro perspective is this the right way of thinking about game management Mike things really have changed though I mean it used to be that coaches would only do the conventional thing because if you did the unconventional thing and it didn't work, you would get heavily criticized and eventually fired. What is conventional and acceptable now has expanded. I think back to 1995 when Barry Switzer, then the Cowboys coach, went for it on fourth and one from his own 29 late in the tie game against the Eagles, and everybody thought he had lost his mind, and maybe he had. But when things like that happen now, there's that immediate, well, the analytics support this, or the analytics support that, and we know that all these coaches have analytics experts who are talking to them. More importantly, the owners have analytics experts who are talking to them. And the coaches, I think, at some level, feel compelled to go along with whatever the analytics people are saying internally. I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Because ultimately, you're working at the will and pleasure of the owner. And if the owner is thinking about the game a different way, the coach needs to think about the game a different way. And so as a result, we all think about the game a different way. And you never know where that next frontier is going to be. For example, we were talking about this earlier today on PFT Live. You know, the Bengals arguably would have been better off if they had just missed that extra point. It would have been 16-16, and the Ravens would have had less of a compulsion to get in scoring position, maybe would have been more careful, maybe would have played for overtime consciously or subconsciously, and the Bengals would have had a better chance to win the game. Will there be some development, some enhancement to analytics at some point where – a team ties a game late with a touchdown and actually takes a knee instead of going up by a point. You never know where this analysis is going to take us, but that's where it's brought us now, where we see all of these different decisions being made. And I think most fans just kind of shrug at it and say, that's what the analytics told them to do. Mike Florio here on the show. Mike, are, should we be buying the NFC East as a really strong division with with? legitimately strong contending teams over the course of a long NFL season? Well, I I think absolutely when you see what they've done so far and when you look at the upcoming schedule for these teams, I think there's a chance they can be 
very good. They play all the teams from the AFC South, which gives the Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys four games that they could arguably arguably sweep all four of them. And I, I, I think that that, uh, that adds to the, the, the possibilities. Um, I, I, we have to at this point. Eagles 5-0, Cowboys 4-1, Giants 4-1. There's only one other team in the entire conference that has one loss, and that's the Vikings, and they have no business being 4-1. So we've got three extremely good teams that will cannibalize each other at some point. Now, the Giants have already played the Cowboys once. The Eagles and the Cowboys play Sunday night, which, which should be an excellent game. And, uh, you know, we're so used to seeing only one team get that playoff appearance by default because one of those four teams has to get in. We could have two or three teams from that division earn their spot in the postseason and be very viable postseason contenders. So it's amazing to see what they're doing. The Eagles are clearly the best team in the NFL right now, but the Giants and the Cowboys are not far behind. Mike Florio here on the show on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bill Ryder. Mike, I know it's one game, it's one result. Is that Packers loss for you more about the peculiarities that that can happen in London, or does it say something more about issues with that Green Bay team? Well, it's issues with the Green Bay team, and as Aaron Rodgers said after the game, they are winning games with too narrow a margin this year. And and really, that's the difference between – the great teams and that large swath of good to mediocre to who knows what the hell they are teams where the games are close and you either find a way to win late or you find a way to lose late. And I think that's what a team like the Bills is aspiring to get to where they just blow you out and they don't have to worry about what can go wrong in the final few minutes of the game because we've seen an unprecedented run of close games. Last week, 15 out of 16 games were one-score games in the fourth quarter. You leave too much to chance when you let a game come down to that. The Packers aren't blowing people out. So they're struggling now, and they're staring at the possibility of falling to 500 if they should lose to the Jets next weekend. And the Jets have proven that, that they can come from behind and that they play very well in the fourth quarter, whether they're trailing or whether it's a close game and they drop the pedal to the metal with three touchdowns like they did yesterday. Mike Florio, the, the, the low-hanging fruit, easily low-hanging fruit, on, on Kyler Murray's final drive yesterday is to make some quip about maybe they should put a, a clause in his contract that, that he should study tape more. But it's certainly the, the first thing that, that came to mind. And, and Kyler Murray and, and the Cardinals have been bizarre and interesting and, and somewhat paradoxical. They were, and I might be doing this wrong, Mike, but I think 8-1 and one last season to start the year and look like the best team in the NFL. And, and things have gone sideways since then. What do you think? the Cardinals and Kyler Murray actually are this season as they sit at two and three? Well, they're just an ordinary middle of the pack team. They were 10 and two at their high watermark last year. They started eight. No, they, uh, they had the, the, the Packers beaten on that Thursday night. That was when they suffered their first loss. That's when Murray injured his ankle and he missed some time and was never the same after that. They just are a team that, you know, in the past it's been, they start fast and can't, Finish, and that's been Cliff Kingsbury's trademark all the way back to his first year at Texas Tech in 2013. But I think it's more than that. I think that, that, you know, there's a deeper question here with these college coaches that come to the NFL without a lot of NFL experience. Do they really know what it means to prepare week in and week out, to stay ahead of the trends, to self-scout your own playbook, your own tendencies, to figure out what you're doing that's predictable and that other 
NFL caliber coaches are picking up, whether it's Kingsbury in Arizona, whether it's Matt Rule in Carolina. You just have to wonder whether these college coaches who do things a certain way can truly come to the NFL and understand what needs to be done top to bottom to have a first-rate, top-notch NFL program that is always getting better, that is always spotting its weaknesses, that is always staying ahead of its own curve and ahead of the opponent's curve as well. And I think that's something that manifests itself over time. And, and now we're getting to a point where Cliff Kingsbury's been in the NFL long enough. You just wonder whether he's evolving, the team's evolving, or it's just too simple and all of their opponents have figured it out based upon three or four years of film that, that, that's out there for anyone who's playing the Cardinals to study and break down and then know exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, that's such a great and interesting point. And as you were talking, I was thinking about Urban Meyer last year, who obviously that was a that was a very, very clear example. And, and Trevor Lawrence's struggles under Urban Meyer. And, and you brought up Matt Rule. I've, I've been thinking, Mike, over the weekend or at least since yesterday about how I'm supposed to view Baker Mayfield and whether it is fair now to make the assessment that he's just a backup quarterback in the NFL. But I remember he had some success with the Browns before he didn't, and he's with an organization, as you pointed out, that may not be run by someone who should be in charge of an NFL team from a coaching perspective. Do you have any level of confidence that in the right spot, were he to get that chance, Baker Mayfield can show that he belongs as a starting quarterback in the National Football League? Yes, because we've seen him do it two of his NFL seasons, 2018 and 2020. The problem is this, though, and, and I struggle to think of a, of a first-round highly drafted quarterback where it didn't work out in his first stop and it did work out somewhere else. It usually never works out if it doesn't work out the first time. I think maybe Vinny Testaverde is the only one that had it work out somewhere else after it was a disaster for him in Tampa Bay. And look at Geno Smith. He was a high second-round pick, and – it took seven or eight years for him to percolate back into a starting position. I think what Baker Mayfield is going to have to do is accept that he's not going to be viewed as a starter. He's going to have to take the money that goes along with it, the role that goes along with it. He's going to have to humble himself to that status and wait for an opportunity to play and play well. But I don't know that he's going to have the patience for that. I, I think about free agency 2023 – when he obviously hits the market, who's going to want him? And is it going to be anything other than like a Mitch Trubisky situation where you're signed to be the starter and then five weeks later the team drafts their first-round quarterback for the next year? And Baker Mayfield is on borrowed time. And, you know, we, we've seen how – and he's, he's behaved this year, but we know he's got that feisty and fiery personality. You know, everything he's ever believed about himself is starting to blow up in his face. And I don't know how he's going to react to it. But – this was his year to bet on himself. He gave up over $4 million, all told, in salary, about $3.5 million of it in, in incentives that he could have earned back. He's not on track to earn them back, and he's not on track to be a starting quarterback next year in the NFL. Mike Florio here on, here on the show. Mike, Russell Wilson, to say the least, has, has not looked consistently good. He's had some good performances, but it has not been a, a happy beginning in Denver the news about the injury that has come out over the course of the last few days, is that enough for you that it explains Wilson's struggles, the way that we have seen him play over the course of this time? No, because we've seen him still at, at times play well. And the injury is recent. The injury was last Sunday. Now, shame on the Broncos for not navigating Wilson's condition properly in Thursday night's game. There were two key moments one late in regulation and one in overtime where they put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands instead of running it. Well, if you know your quarterback's impaired, 
on third and four with 219 to play from the Indianapolis 13 when you're up three and your defense has choked the Colts all night long and not even allowed a goal-to-go situation, run the ball, and if you don't get the first down, kick the field goal. If you do get the first down, you run out the clock and you win the game because the Colts had no timeouts and you would have gone down to the two-minute warning, and anyone who plays Madden knows that that's enough time to get you into the locker room with a win. At the goal line in overtime, fourth and one from the five, run the ball. Don't go in shotgun formation and put it in Russell Wilson's hands if he's got a shoulder issue and you want him to throw an accurate football. So if this is anything other than excuse-making by Wilson's camp, and given how manicured everything he ever says and does is, I'm not willing to say it's not excuse-making in a very subtle way. But if it's not excuse-making, then shame on Nathaniel Hackett for not factoring that shoulder injury into the, the decisions that were made on Thursday night. Mike Florio is always crushing it here on, on the show. We're very lucky to have him. Mike, last one for you. Hopefully it's a good game. It's certainly a really interesting matchup between the Raiders and, and the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. What are you going to be keeping an eye on tonight? Well, you know, it's funny. This was a point we made earlier on PFT Live. When you look at other teams that try to do the things the Chiefs do offensively and the Bengals trying to get cute down near the goal line and Joe Burrow trying to throw one of those kind of, you know, just the, the passes we've seen Patrick Mahomes, it's just a casual flip of the ball. And when the Chiefs do it, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters against the Washington Generals. When anyone else does it, it looks awkward and forced and contrived and ineffective. And it just gives me a greater appreciation of what, we're able to witness in Patrick Mahomes. And I think they're still pissed off, frankly, about the Raiders beating the Chiefs a few years ago and circling the, the uh, stadium with their buses in a victory lap. And, and they've found a way to still be fueled by that, even though John Gruden's long gone. I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be a long night for the Raiders because I just don't think they have the personnel to slow down this Chiefs offense that when it's firing on all cylinders – it, it's a thing to behold, and, and when it's time to play in prime time, they always seem to show up with a big performance. That is such a great insight, and as someone who lived in Kansas City for a long time, worked the Kansas City Star and wrote about the Chiefs a lot, and still has friends in that organization, Mike Florio, as is always the case, is not wrong. They are, they are still not happy about that, that moment of braggadocio by the Raiders. Mike, I'm not kidding, man. I, hey, I, I love hey. it. I'm having the show, dude. That, Matt Rule's been fired, by the way. Matt Rule's been fired? Yeah. Boy, that was the most. I mean, that. I mean, well, that I got you. What's your um? That I mean, that is that is on brand for that owner. What What do you make of the decision? I, I tweeted last night. If everything I've come to believe about Matt, about David Tepper is true, he'll fire Matt Rule tomorrow. So my my assessment of Tepper is right on the money, and it comes down to money. What we were arguing over the weekend is you put Matt Rule on the market now, he gets in line for a college coaching job. You reduce your buyout obligation if you hold him deep into the season. You, you take him out of play. Now he's got maximum opportunity to go get a college job, and and that's less money that the uh, the Panthers are going to owe him. And sometimes it's that simple. But these these owners that made a crap load of money in other lines of work, they understand how to make money and how not to lose money. And I think that's what it all came down to. It was inevitable, so let's just do it now. I saw that tweet last night, Mike. You called it. Mike Florio, I know this means you have to go because you have stuff to do. Awesome, as always, radio segment. My man, thank you for for, for making time. Thanks, pal. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.